0: Now, today is episode 408, and it is one of those rare episodes where it's just me. I'm actually not doing an interview today for a couple of reasons. One is uh, I don't have anybody scheduled, and so that causes me to need to fill in the gap. But number two, a lot of people have been reaching out to me because if you've listened to the show recently, you know there's been a huge focus change to the whole idea of potential And this concept of trying new things. And a lot of people have talked to me about how this whole try new things came about. They want to know where they can get one of the try new things t-shirts. People, it really resonates with a lot of people who listen to this show. So I thought I would take a whole episode and just chat about the whole concept of try new things and why I think it's so important. Especially as you're planning your goals for 2019. If you're looking at maybe doing something a little different in the new year you can't expect fresh results if you keep doing the same actions. I mean, it's very clear that if you do the same thing over and over, you're going to get the same results. And that's why trying new things is so key. But before we get started, I have to thank the first sponsor of today's episode. Now, Many of you offer physical products to your fans and your customers. And dealing with all that physical stuff, it can be a pain and it steals all your precious time because you have to pack it up and take it to the post office, etc., etc. Well, my friends at Amplifier, they blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you control. Now, they can integrate with your e-commerce shop and help you drive giveaway campaigns. They are great for big internet powerhouse companies as well as entrepreneurs just starting out. And on demand, it means you have no inventory risk. But as you grow, you can stock up on inventory and Amplifier will handle it all for you. So go to Amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up today. And I actually print the Try New Things t-shirts via Amplifier and they have been fabulous to work with. Now, I started about two years ago on this whole track that has become known as the paradox of potential. It's my new keynote and workshop that I've been delivering now for well over a year. I have surveyed about 500 people about how do they feel about their own career potential and the results that they're getting. And a lot of people have said, yeah, I'm coming up short. I really believe I'm capable of more. But for a huge number of reasons, something is holding them back. Now, there's no magic bullet to this. Everybody isn't held back by the same thing, even if they work in the same company. So since I started doing this workshop, I get invited into a lot of sales kickoffs and leadership meetings for companies. And the person who hires me, I think their secret goal is that I am going to come up with some sort of a magic fairy dust plan that's going to help all their people get farther across the gap that exists between their potential and their results. They want me to build sort of a magic bridge Put everybody on a bus and drive them across. The problem is it doesn't work that way for so many reasons. Number one, you can't build a bridge across the gap between potential and results because your potential is always changing. As you go through life, you're going to read a new book, you're going to listen to a podcast, uh, you're going to find a new mentor, you're going to take a class, you're going to get a new degree or a new certification. Something's going to happen that is going to move your potential even farther out. You're going to have more opportunities Therefore, if you had built a bridge and you were coming across in a bus, eventually the bridge would end and everybody would fall into the abyss. The other problem is you can't put everyone on the same bus because not everyone on your team is being held back by the same issues. And as I've interviewed people, I find that nobody has just one thing that holds them back. We all have several things that hold them back. And the truth is, is that Within your team, if everybody has three or four things that are affecting their their production and their productivity, there's not a single answer. So there's not a single bus that you can put everybody on. So the analogy that I use is we don't want to build a bridge. We want to build a scaffolding that goes across that gap. Now, here's the thing with the scaffolding. It's modular. So people can go out at their own pace. Some people, when they know what's holding them back, they will just rocket across. They will just go all the way straight line across that gap. And when they get to the point where their potential has shifted, you can add another module and keep going. Now, other people will get out on that scaffolding and they'll hold on for dear life. Some will climb up, some will go at an angle, some might go backwards or down, but they can go at their own pace to move everybody across that gap. Now, when I speak in the construction industry, one of the things that they tell me all the time is, do you understand that scaffolding can't be built alone? Which brings it back to this huge point that we need to have the right people in our lives. Because if you try to build a scaffolding alone, the pieces are heavy. They have to be secured. There's no one there to double check that it's safe. There's so many things that can go wrong if you try to do it all by yourself. So you have to surround yourself with the right people. And the other thing they tell me is a scaffolding is a temporary structure. You use it while you're building something, and then you take it down. But at some point, if you have to do renovations, you erect a new scaffolding. So it's a great analogy for people who are trying to navigate this distance between their potential and their results. So in addition to the survey that I've done of of people about their potential, I've also been doing this podcast now for over four years, and there are over 350 interviews with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and other people who are really kind of making their own way in the world. And one of the most common things when I ask people, uh, both on the calls, but also when I'm just chatting with them. About how can you get across this gap? A lot of people talk about the fact that you have to take actions, but you have to constantly be trying new things. So when I work with groups, there's a lot of answers that come up of how you can navigate this gap. But one of the ones that resonates the most and that we have the deepest conversations with is this whole idea of try new things. Now, I believe that when you go out and try something new, whether you succeed or fail, the experience makes you stronger. So I think you have to go out and, and tweak You know the types of things that you're doing, both in your personal life and in your career. You have to do that. But it takes courage. Now, courage is something that we all need more of. I think our whole society needs more courage. Let's just take a look at politics. Are the people who are leading our countries, are they really being brave or are they hiding behind traditions and parties and other things. I think we need leaders who have courage, who are willing to go out and stand up to the bullies, people who are willing to stand up to the other side. But we're not seeing a lot of leadership that's based in courage. We're seeing a lot of finger pointing and and blaming, stuff like that. And in business, when we don't have courage, we get stuck in our routines. I talk to so many people who tell me that in their career, they feel they've reached a plateau. I call it being stuck in the high middle. And people like the high middle because it pays pretty well. When you've gotten to that point in your career, you're you're up the ladder. You may not be on the top. You may not have reached all your potential, but you're pulling down a good salary. You're doing well. People admire you. It's kind of safe to stay where you are. And this whole idea of safety, it's good. I mean, I'm not encouraging you not to be safe, but this whole idea of safety often keeps people from really achieving new things. Now, I work in the meetings industry. As a professional speaker, I will speak at over 50 events this year for associations and companies and other organizations. And the greatest meetings I go to are the ones that are run by people who are willing to take risks. So if you go to a conference year after year after year and they follow the same format and same formula, it's not all that exciting. By about the third or fourth year, you're kind of done. The first year might have been so cool. But if it's exactly the same year after year, there's, there's nothing that's that exciting. So recently, I had a chance to work with an association who I've worked with many times in the past, and they called me and said, this year, we're not going to have a keynote speaker. Now, I want to tell you, my first thing is I don't advocate that idea. I think keynote speakers are very important. I think they set the tone for the whole event. But they had used sort of famous keynote speakers and astronauts and authors and people like that. And they decided that they wanted to do something entirely different, and they wanted to tap into the brilliance of their membership, the people who were going to be in attendance. So together, they and I created a two-hour and 15-minute program that didn't have a keynote speaker. Now, I did speak for about 15 minutes to sort of set the tone for what we were going to do, but the real power was all about the knowledge of the people in the room. This wasn't a conference where they were just going to have a sage on the stage telling them what they needed to hear. Instead, they wanted to tap in to the day-to-day experience that the people who were there present at the conference did. So they set the room in tables of eight. They had four to 500 people show up for this event, and they were all assigned tables. And we had polled them in advance as to what were the most pressing questions affecting their industry. And so we did it. We we. I led the discussion. At every table, someone took sort of the, the role of scribe, and people got involved, and they talked, and I would let them go for 15 or 20 minutes. I'd run around the room and listen, and as long as they were engaged, I let them talk. But once it started to sound like everybody had had their share, I stopped them, and I made certain tables share out the best pieces of information that they learned. People hung on every word, because this wasn't some consultant just blabbering from the stage. Instead, it was their peers talking about the day-to-day things they're doing to solve problems. That event was awesome. The people who were in the room absolutely loved it. Why? Because it was different. It wasn't the same opening session where they bring in some pseudo-famous person to talk for an hour. Instead, they got to roll up their sleeves and do something different. Now, this particular organization tries to shake up their conference every couple of years. So they might do this one or two times, but they're not going to do this forever Because that new thing can quickly become an old thing. But I get so excited when I get to work with people who embrace this whole idea of try new things. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I have tried very hard in the last two years to live by this motto. In fact, my actual mantra is, I'm going to make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life. Now, a lot of people think that because that's my mantra, I only want to speak to people who are over 50 about this topic. The reality is I talked to a lot of young professionals groups. This year, I spoke to eight different groups for companies and associations that were all young millennial groups, people in their late 20s for the most part. And my message isn't wait till you're 50. My message is don't wait till you're 50. Make wherever you are the best season of your life. And the way to do that is continue to push yourself, expand. I don't think I did that from age 30 to 50. I think I, I did what sort of was expected of me. I, I had a corporate job for much of that time. You know, I was, I was married. Uh, I had kids. I was raising the kids. I had a mortgage. And I did the responsible thing. Now, I'm not advocating being, being irresponsible. But the only regret I probably have in my career is I didn't go out on my own and start my own business earlier. And I didn't do that because of fear and a lot of other things. So I've taken this idea since I've turned 50, that I'm just going to say yes to more things. I'm going to find ways to try new things. So I've done a bunch of stuff. I, I jumped off the Stratosphere Hotel. They have a thing called the Sky Jump. It's a 108-story jump in Las Vegas. And I'm kind of scared of heights. I also went ziplining at Pikes Peak, and that was even scarier because you're going over a canyon. And I don't know that I, I loved it, but I pushed myself to do it, and the guide thought I was going to chicken out because I clearly looked nervous. But I had to try it. I had to do it because that's what I'm trying to do. And then earlier this year, I got invited by another professional speaker who speaks on humor in the workplace. He's an awesome guy. We're we're friends. I was going to be in New York. I said, hey, let's get together. And he goes, why don't you come to open mic night with me? And I thought, oh, that would be awesome to watch you work on new material. And he looked at me and shook his head and said, that's not what I'm saying. Why don't you come to open mic night and you do a five-minute set? Well, here's the thing. When I was young, I wanted to be an actor or a comedian. And I would watch these people who were the famous comics of the 80s and 90s. And they would do stand-up or they would be in uh, sitcoms on TV. And I would think, God, that would be so awesome to be able to make people laugh. That is so cool. But I wasn't brave enough to ever go and try it. And so I agreed. So when I was in New York City, I met him. We went to a comedy club in Greenwich Village. And I got up and I did a five-minute comedy set. Now, I always tell people that Seinfeld is not worried about job security. Because I went and did five minutes of stand-up. But I did push myself, and it was really new. And I'll tell you, it was really scary. It was out of my comfort zone. The room had about 45 or 50 people in it. I was convinced I was going to suck. And it was okay. I wasn't great, but it was good. And I decided I would keep doing that. I wanted to learn more about what it was to actually try to learn how to write comedy and and do stand-up comedy. So as of now, I have done 29 open mic nights in the last six or seven months. And I continue to do it with a goal of doing 100 open mic nights. I've also been invited to take 10 minutes in a show, uh, a comedy show. I don't know that I'm ready for that, but now I'm trying to work towards that because January is going to be here really quick. And I might actually say yes to this opportunity, which means I have to push myself even more if I'm going to go and do that. So here's the thing. I call it cross-training for the rest of my career. By trying new things, by pushing myself to, to do these things where there's heights involved or to do the stand-up comedy, I'm pushing the envelope. And I actually think that in 2018, I became a better speaker and a better master of ceremonies. And if you ask me why, the only delta is the fact that I have really pushed myself out into doing these other things. And while I'm not doing stand-up-style jokes in my speeches or when I'm emceeing, I am so much more confident to be able to play with the audience. I told you about the the two-hour uh, peer-to-peer forum that I led at that conference. I had to be able to just get out in the audience and play with people and when they'd say things, push them a little bit and get more information about what they were saying, ask them why that mattered. And I don't know if a year ago, I would have had the, the ability to just go out there and just lead that session the way I did. So I think it comes down to the fact that I've been willing to push myself and try new things that I'm just getting better at what I do. So Thomas Edison once said, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is to always uh, just try one more time. So think about that. I believe that 100% of the people who don't try fail because they never have a shot at it. Now, Everyone who tries something isn't going to succeed. But I still think you get stronger when you get out there and you attempt things. And I want to see a shift. That's what When I work with companies now or when I go to an association conference, that's all I want. It doesn't have to be everybody in the audience because the one thing I know from having you know, tried for 10 years to be a professional speaker, not everyone's going to like you. And it's so interesting because you can get those little sheets back from the audience where they fill out how much they liked it. And 90% of the audience can say you were great. And one person will say, why did you hire him? I thought he was horrible. And I don't worry about that one person because it's the, it's the people who say, yes, that inspired me. That's the reason I have to get up there. So the one thing that I found about this whole thing about trying new things is there's sort of levels. And it starts with the person. When a person goes out and tries something new, like I said earlier, whether they succeed or they fail, it makes them stronger. It it tests their courage. It allows them to try something new the next time, unless they let the, the failure bug them. But when I talk to entrepreneurs on this show and, and in person, people tell me all the time that you have to fail a bunch of times before you're ever going to find that success. I've found that the people I know who are overnight successes, when you look behind the curtain, Usually they've been at it for 10 or 15 years and everybody says, wow, there's such an overnight success. And what people don't pay attention to is the sacrifice and the different ways they had to try to, to, to hone their craft for years and years and years before they succeeded. So when the person goes out and tries something new, they become stronger. They find new ways to do something. They flex that creativity muscle. So that's the first level. It's at that individual level. But if you work at a company and you're on a team of people and the people on your team embrace this idea that we all have to shift, we all have to embrace change and we all have to be willing to try new things and they're supportive of each individual on the team and they're there to lift them up when they fail and they're to cheer them on when they they succeed, all of a sudden the culture of the team changes and as the whole team tries to do things in new ways, they become more efficient. They're able to succeed more. They're able to finish on and deliver on their products. So at the individual level, it leads to the team level. But then when you have teams that are this way inside of a company, and the whole company culture becomes this idea that they are working on uh, uh, trying new things as a way of improving, as a way to not get stagnant, as a way to not get stuck, the whole company does better. When we look at companies that excel and succeed, they're the ones who push the envelope. I mean, we could dissect the history of Apple Computer, and Apple Computer constantly was reinventing not only itself, but it was reinventing the products that they make and really hitting that fourth level, which is changing the world and changing the industry. Nobody thought about putting all of this stuff on your phone until they came out with the iPhone, now almost 11 years ago. But here's the thing. They started with people. It went to teams. It went to the company. And then it changed a whole industry. And I might even go as far as to say it changes the whole society. So starting at the most individual level, we have to embrace this idea that it's okay to try new things. And then we have to work with our team and then our company. And then it impacts the industry. And as I said, maybe society. I know that this cliche is getting a little bit old, but I still think it's true. You don't want your company to be blockbuster in a Netflix world. Blockbuster had stores everywhere. They were one of the biggest, most recognizable retail chains around the country. And in just a few short years, poof, they were gone. So think about that. So Try New Things has become a big subset of my presentation called The Paradox of Potential. And it's the part that really is resonating the most with people. That's why I printed the shirts that say Try New Things. And every time I wear that shirt in the airport or when I go to a concert People stop me and go, I love your shirt. People are so inspired by it. I get a thumbs up from people all the time. The whole idea of trying new things inspires people. Now, I also think it scares some people, but the people who are scared, I think, wish that they could try new things. But what will people do? What, what is that that, you know, people will try? What is it that you'll try? Take a look at your career do you want to try new things? First of all, you have to be excited by this. Uh, And if you're not excited by it, I would assume you've turned off this episode many, many minutes ago. So before we get into the final parts of this episode, I've got to thank the other sponsor of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment ...training and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work... ...so that you can focus on creating great content... ...and growing your audience. Now, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do... ...that just might be the thing you want to try. Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things... ...and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. And I'll tell you, I have worked with them now for over four years... They started this company just before I joined them. I'm one of their early podcasters who they've worked with. They started this company in an era where people were just starting to get excited about podcasts. And so what did they do? They tried something new. They tried to create a podcast production company. And now they are a booming entity and they are fantastic to work with. So do you ever feel that you're stifled or paralyzed in just the routine of what you're doing? Do you ever think about that? What can you do just to shake up your routine? Well, get excited about it. Embrace the whole concept of try new things. Buy one of my shirts, print it out on just a piece of paper and stick it up in front of you. Remind yourself that you can go out and try some new things. Now, one of the things that I started doing is I go to Starbucks almost every day. And for the last, I don't know, 15 years, I typically order a grande nonfat vanilla latte every single time. Now, I like the Grande non-fat Vanilla Latte. I'm accustomed to it. It's not too sweet. It's got everything that I want, but it's kind of become just the average thing that I order. So I started a new routine this year, and that is on Mondays, and only on Mondays, when I go into Starbucks and I stand in line and I get to the front of the line, it's my turn to order. One of the things that I do is I say, when they say, "Uh, welcome to Starbucks, can I take your order? I look at them and say, yeah, it's Monday. It's Barista's Choice Day. You pick my drink. Now, they look at me somewhat horrified. I've had people actually say, oh, we haven't got that memo. We don't know about Barista's Choice Day. And I laugh and I go, well, of course you don't because I made it up. It's Monday. I want to try something new. You're going to pick the drink that I'm going to have. And it freaks them out. You've never seen like a 25-year-old be more freaked out than when you give them the power of picking like a 5 or $6 drink that you're going to have. And I tell them, I don't want a regular drink. I don't want a mocha or caramel macchiato. I want something off the secret menu. Then they look at you like, oh, You know of the secret menu. And I'll tell you, I get something different every single time. They have to think about it. Sometimes they have to pull a manager over to come up with an idea. But all it does is it reminds me that I got to shake up the routines of what I'm doing. And then I'm able to push that into other parts of my personal life and other parts of my career. So maybe you don't order a different coffee every single Monday. Maybe you take a different route home. If you're driving right now and listening to this, get off two exits early and take surface streets back to your house and pay attention to what you see. Just those little types of things that you do can really make your whole day better. So find ways to say yes more often than you say no. And I think for a lot of us, and I'm guilty of this, I think we often look for reasons not to do something. We want to get into that comfort zone. We want to put that safety blanket over us, and we don't actually do the things that we need to do. We don't have conversations with the people around us. We don't ever, how often do you ever see anybody on airplanes talk to the people next to them anymore? Used to be very common. You'd get on an airplane, you'd talk to the people next to you. Now, some people cringe when I say this because they're introverted, the airplane time, they come in with their headphones already on. They don't want to talk to anybody. And that's okay. If that's your personality, I'm not going to diss you. But there's a lot of extroverts out there who have fallen into this trap too. They think, oh, I don't want to talk to anybody. But as extroverts, we get our energy from talking to people. So I try to remind myself that a conversation with somebody could spark something entirely new. Now, does it happen every time? No. But you have to try. You have to try those new things. You've got to take those earbuds out of your ears and just have a small chat with somebody. What I do on an airplane is I, I have priority boarding because I fly so much. So I usually sit in the aisle. So when the other people come, I have to stand up because I'm six foot three. I let them go past me. And I usually look at them and I say, welcome to the row. Now, that can tell me so much about them. Because if they look at me like, oh, God, I can tell they don't want to talk to me. And I just smile and I, I brush it off. But if they laugh and they smile and they light up because I said that, which happens often, then I can start a conversation. I try to be really tuned in to does this person want to talk or not and if they want to talk i ask them a bunch of questions about are they headed home are they headed out what do they do you know what is it that they're doing exciting in their career and i learn so much when you get the other people to talk now it doesn't mean that they're going to hire me to speak at their company it doesn't mean they're going to give me the next million dollar idea but without having those conversations you just get into your bubble and i think I'm, i'm going to go here on one other part same thing is true when it comes to politics. If, if you're deleting everyone on Facebook who disagrees with you politically, you're putting yourself into that bubble. Try new things. You don't have to agree. You don't have to like everybody. You can think that people on the other side, you know, you don't have to like their policies, but give people the benefit of the doubt. Hear them out. If you understand where people are coming from at their heart and their soul, you will grow as a person. So look for ways to start conversations. Take those earbuds out and... Avoid prejudging every single person based on their appearance of what they look like. You know, I I think I used to do that. I think I'd take a look at somebody and go, I can't be friends with that person. I have so many friends now who come from so many different diverse backgrounds because I've stopped prejudging who a person is based on the way they're dressed or what they've done with their hair or, you know, how many tattoos or piercings they have. Some of the most interesting people in my life have a different lifestyle than I have. My daughter one time referring to a friend of mine said, I think she's. I think having her as your friend is good for you because it's opened you up to so many different things. And that just resonated at, at me. My daughter was about 14 years old when she said that. And I realized that I'm better because I hang out with people who are different than me. And I've made that part of this whole mantra. So, you know, whatever it is that you feel stuck in, find a way to get out and try something new because I believe the most successful people that I know have all gone out of their way to try new things. If you look at people who have created entire industries, they didn't do it by doing the exact same thing that they'd done every single day before. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this. I hope this whole concept of try new things has resonated with you. I hope that you'll share Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, this podcast. I hope you'll share it with other people because I want to help expose people to this whole idea that Success leaves clues. Therefore, we have to get around successful people. We have to listen to podcasts where interesting people who are trying new things are talking about what they did and how they did it. None of us know where that piece of inspiration is going to come from. You don't know where that one person who you're going to listen to their podcast or you're going to read their book or you're going to go hear them speak, or maybe they're the person sitting next to you on your next flight, that one person who has that, that little spark of information or an idea. Or something that makes you see the world just a little differently and it changes the whole trajectory of your career. So embrace this idea of try new things. If you work at a company that you feel the company is just stuck in its rut, talk to your boss. I will come in and do a, do, do a presentation for your company. And if you're a listener of this show and you call me, I'll even give you a discount on that. If you say, I listened to the try new things episode and you said you would come into our company and you'd strike a deal with us. I'll do that for you because I believe so strongly in this message and I believe that it can start a dialogue with any person, with any team, with any company that can really make a difference. So thank you so much for listening to episode 408. I can't believe that I've done this many episodes. It's been a long time since I've done a solo episode and I had forgotten how much I enjoy doing them, how excited I get to just be able to sit here and just just share sort of a story Stream of thought without notes, just to come out and talk about whatever's on my mind. This has been a lot of fun. If you liked this episode, send me an email, tom at tomsinger.com or a tweet at Tom Singer. You can find me on Instagram at Tom Singer, Facebook and LinkedIn. You can message me that way, Tom Singer. Uh, and let me know that you liked this episode. The best thing you can do if you liked it is subscribe on iTunes and get all your friends to subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Apparently, new subscriptions are what helps get a podcast recognized, so run around your office and make everybody take out their iPhone and subscribe to cool things entrepreneurs do. Let's get like 100 people in one day and see if that can get me ranked again. Nah, you probably wouldn't do that, so I'm not going to expect you to, but it's kind of a great like idea that someone would get that excited about a podcast that they would do that. Uh, but anyway, the most important thing is tune in again. We're going to be back in a couple of days with another episode, and I'm going to be interviewing some really, really cool people in the weeks to come, so you do not want to miss out on episodes 409 forward. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have the show. So – Make today the day that you go out there and try something new. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at at TomSinger.